Off top, glass frogs use transparency to hide from predators. However, red blood cells reflect green light. So when they sleep, they hide all their red blood cells in their kidney. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? I uh, am stunned by that fact. It's a yeah. new one for me. Eh, it's new for a lot of people, but I mean, I just be knowing things. I think it's the, the kidney. Maybe it was the liver. Either way, it doesn't matter. Nobody can fact check me. It's not like you got Google or anything. If you do have Google, you've probably been looking up the difference between exclusive and non-exclusive franchise tags because Lamar Jackson is the news. And I suspect that we're going to spend the entire show talking about Lamar Jackson because there's so many different avenues to go down this conversation. If we have time to go to Saquon or Daniel Jones contract, those are interesting conversations to have. Also, we might be able to save them for next week. But let's start with Lamar Jackson. And I think yesterday, yesterday morning, which I guess is Tuesday morning, is when I first talked to Dan Graziano before we were doing Get Up. And he said that he's hearing they're going to put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. And the first thing that came to my mind was collusion. It was the first thing that came to my mind. And that's like, of course, my union background has me on high alert at all times for these sorts of things. And I'm not accusing anybody of collusion. But when I heard non-exclusive franchise tag, like that's not something you put on a player that you want to keep. And I also thought, unless you have an understanding that no one else is going to go after him. So, again, I'm not making any accusations, but it seems kind of suspicious that immediately after Lamar has the tag placed on him or offered to him, uh, a bunch of teams come out and like, yeah, we're not interested. A bun- bunch of teams who should obviously be interested say that they are not interested. And we should we should explain quickly the non-exclusive franchise tag okay, allows sure. other teams to negotiate with Lamar Jackson, come to terms on a contract, and if they agree on a deal, the Ravens will have the opportunity to accept two first-round picks in return for that deal. Teams cannot poison pill that contract. Or, yeah, or or match it. Match or it. Or the Ravens can match it and keep him. So I mean, you say teams can't poison pill that contract, but I the mean Hutchinson rule. Yeah, yeah, that that was changed back in the CBA that I was a part of negotiating. They can't poison pill it, which means you can't put like some prohibitive thing in there. Like uh, every time he plays in Baltimore Stadium, you have to pay right. him $10 million, which then would make it hard for Baltimore to sign him, that sort of stuff. But you can essentially, if you have enough cap space, you can front mm-hmm. load the contract enough to poison pill it and make yes. it impossible for the Ravens to sign him without ridding their roster of a bunch of players so it's it's a kind of poison pill that you could still use so it's a risk it's incredibly risky thing to do that I can't imagine anyone doing with a quarterback that they wanted to keep um Dak Prescott was the last guy that we remember going through this he was exclusively tagged they didn't do the non-exclusive with Dak Prescott because there was they didn't want to give the opportunity for anybody else to swoop in and take him so the argument for um so I think it's obvious why people are starting. And I I was surprised, honestly, with the reaction on Wednesday, everyone, it felt like in sports media, kind of jumped to the conclusion, uh, 
the collusion conclusion, <laughs> which I was surprised by. But I will say that the argument on the other side, why they would do a non-exclusive. They're at a stalemate with Lamar Jackson. And they're telling him, you're not going to get what you're asking for anywhere else. We are fine with paying you more than anyone else will pay you. But right now, what we're offering you is more than anyone else will pay you. So go out and prove it to us and then bring it back and we'll sign it because we are going to pay you top dollar. We just don't think that we agree on what top dollar is. So that's the argument for doing it. But again, when you open yourself up like this, if a team so chooses, they can make the contract prohibitive and make it almost impossible for you to plan going forward. And the reason why the idea of the, the title being called franchise tag is kind of a misnomer because you never really want to put your franchise player on the franchise tag. It's not something that you want to do with a franchise player. The proper use of a franchise player is like a guy that you're just trying to get one more year out of, frankly. Because if you, the best case scenario for a player that you plan on having for three, four, five, 10 years, the best thing you can do is put them on a long term deal. And if teams haven't learned this by now, sign your quarterback as soon as you know, as soon as you know. And they knew after year two. So then year three, I think is when you can start negotiating, sign Lamar to a long-term contract because he's never going to get cheaper. And the reason why the franchise tag is not good for you when you're the team and when you have a franchise player is because it reduces your flex your roster flexibility. So when you sign a player to a long-term deal, you can choose when the payouts are going to be, the big payouts. And you can amortize the signing bonus and guaranteed money across at least five years of the deal which then gives you more flexibility. So what you need to understand is had they signed Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal, they could front load the contract, but given their, their um, roster situation, they'd probably backload the contract and spread the guarantees over the course of the next five years, which would allow them to keep more players and make this run. And so you don't want to put them on a franchise because it's hard for you to plan for the future. So like if you're going to lose him, then all right, it makes it more difficult for you to sign other people to long-term deals. It makes it more difficult to plan because presumably you're trying to time it up to make a run. And right now they're in their window. If they think their window is going to continue for a few more years because they signed Lamar Jackson, then there are other players who they can sign to long-term deals. If they feel like their window is closing and they're in rebuild mode, then there are other players that they wouldn't sign. And there are players that they have to release in order to go on a franchise act. So I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but the pre franchise tag uh, in its best, because it's, it's an annoying thing to most players, but at its best, it pressures everyone to get to a, a deal. And right now, I feel like it's at its worst in the way that it's being utilized. It's just, I mean, in, in this particular case, or I guess with Lamar and Saquon Barkley right now, like these are, and Saquon, it's just like a... a product of the position that needs to be addressed. And that's a whole nother podcast, probably about the future of running backs and how the compensation is not uh, commiserate with the, the toll that their body takes, frankly, and their value to their teams because uh, first round picks end up stuck on their teams for five years. Those guys never really get to hit the big payday, but again, that's for another podcast. So the other argument for doing uh non-exclusive versus ex exclusive is $13 million. 
is I think the difference yes. between the exclusive yes. and the non-exclusive. And so taking from the fourth biggest cap hit in the NFL, the position to the ninth. Yeah. So that is guys that you can keep like a lot of guys, $13 million is a lot of guys on a roster, uh, presumably that you could keep or move on from. And however, it's not worth it. If the option is you could, you could lose your starting quarterback. And I don't care if you get two draft picks, it's you're likely to spend all four of your first round draft picks for the next couple of seasons and not find a player as good and forget as good and not find a, a guy that you can build around like a serviceable starter. Like that's the, the number suggests that it'd be hard pressed to find um, uh, a starting quarterback close to Lamar's level, not even MVP level. So I don't know. I assume you have a lot of questions for me and you want to dive in this deep and you got a bunch of opinions, but the bottom line is the idea that the Falcons, the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Panthers, and the Raiders are on the day that the that the tag is offered are already leaking that they're not interested is like the hugest concern. And one last thing that just jumped into my head that I want to address because I think it's a big deal. And I feel differently than most people because I think Lamar not having an agent is something that people bring up as a reason why he hasn't gotten a deal done so far. And people say that it's hurting him more than it's helping him. And also the argument is that right now uh, or at the combine, his agent would have been already working on these deals. And right now his agent would be working on uh, the deals to get it done. I think that having an agent is safe, but with safety, I think there is a, a ban put on the change and the things that you can achieve. Like that's normally with safety. The give and take is if you want something safer, you're not going to like hit the moonshot, hit the home run, but you're also not going to strike out. And so he's removed those safeties, which to me means that he has a chance at striking out, but he also has a chance at redefining the way that quarterback negotiations go. And the point of an agent is to negotiate. Lamar ain't negotiating. You don't need an agent if you're not negotiating. There is no negotiation to be had. This is the number. Yes, no, that's it. He can send them uh, uh, one of them notes that I sent to my little fifth grade girlfriend. Do you like me? Yes, no. We don't need maybe. And the answer has been no for Lamar. And so he doesn't have to respond he doesn't need an agent to um, facilitate that process. And the last thing about agents, and I've said, you've heard me say this before on Debatable and other places, is that we have to understand the incentives of agent. And I had two agents my entire career. They worked together. They were at Sports Stars, uh, Brian and Jim. They were great. I loved them as agents. They were fantastic. But I have to understand, and as much as I like them, I had to remind myself and I, it didn't become clear to me until after I was out of the league that not just them, but all agents, if you look at the reasonable incentives, their incentives are to be in the good graces of the teams. It is not necessarily to die on the hill of one specific player because they have been agenting for a decade before you and they will be for decades after you. And those relationships and those friendships and that trust that they've developed with other GMs 
who also in, in front office people who tend to be more similar to the agents than they are to the players. Like those relationships are there. And the value is not to have one player like you. It's a lot more valuable to be able to have 32 general managers like and respect you. So that's not to say that the agents aren't on the player side. I sincerely believe that. But I do also believe that it's not like Scott Boris and that they all hate him in Major League Baseball. I do think that none of the football agents want to be in that position where they are just the guy who is who's caused all these problems for everyone else and who is trying to upset the apple cart. They, they aren't rewarded for that and they don't want to be that. So having an agent is fine, but I think, I mean, not fine. It's great. I have an agent in this business. I'm not the one to want to be doing both of those things. However, I think it's always important to understand where their incentives lie and where the conflicts lie. And when you have an agent, if Lamar would have had an agent at this process, I think he probably would have signed a deal by now. Because at a certain point, the agent would have been like, all right, this is the best we're going to do, you know, and he's going to go back and say, Lamar, this is the best we're going to do. Because the agent's not going to want to piss off Eric DaCosta or piss off everyone else in the league because he has to continue to work with Eric DaCosta for the next 30 years beyond Lamar. And and also like his his money is tied, his 3% is tied up in that. And the difference between 3% for $130 million and 3% for 200 guaranteed is probably not worth the risk of potentially getting nothing and pissing off every GM in the league. So that's my agent spiel. Hmm. So I don't, let's figure out where you want to start on this. Cause there's, I didn't start already. What no, I mean, to start on our, our discussion on the second, second part of this. Cause like, what I'm feeling from you right now is pre-frustration about uh, Lamar Jackson being treated unfairly because he wants this guaranteed contract and all of the owners are going to basically say, F you, that we gave that to Deshaun Watson. We're not doing that again. Um, personally, I am much less interested in that being the outcome and much more fascinated in the game theory thoughts of this from both the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Let's do that then. Um, because if, yeah, because if it comes out that it's just a case of collusion and everyone's not, you know, ever, all the owners are secretly working together, much less fun to discuss, much more frustrating. So first of all, Jason Lockenfora reported today that he talked to several executives and general managers and agents, and that these are the list of teams that should, would, and could feasibly sign him to an offer sheet. The Jets, the Falcons, who had been reported by Rossini that they were out, the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Lions, the Colts, Houston, New England, Las Vegas, and San Francisco. So not as robust a list. Obviously, it's missing Washington, other people who thought that they could potentially get Lamar Jackson. But still a, a bigger list than we thought yesterday when, when several of those teams were reported to be out. Um, what I think is interesting from the game theory perspective on this from the Ravens is they basically, you know, their cap is going to be in a really, they're a ready-made team and their cap's going to be really good, but their offense has been incredible, incredibly simple for the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson, if you're going to pay him a guaranteed contract of $50 million a year, whether it's a three-year deal, a five-year deal, whatever, however you want to load it, you're locked into that without flexibility in a certain way that's like a franchise tag in a certain way because it's the first of its kind, this first contract that right. huge. And when you have a quarterback 
People talk about him being 26 years old. It's unprecedented to have a quarterback this good, this young, essentially been on the open market like he is right now. Um, it's also unprecedented to have a 26-year-old quarterback who might be a depreciating asset because he hasn't been as good as he is since 2019. Normally, that goes the other way with quarterbacks going into their mm -hmm. primes. And he's played 12 games each of the last two seasons. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, if Lamar Jackson plays 12 games a season because of his frame more than his play style, because he is a skinnier quarterback than certain guys, he plays 12 games a season and you're paying him more money than anyone has ever been paid on a guaranteed basis. You are fucked, completely fucked. Your team is, your team is dead in the water. If you're missing him six games a year, five or six games a year. Okay. I mean, I, I disagree, but I mean, that's, that's fine. Well, if he's, if he's, he is a one man floor raiser of your offense, right? Right. He isn't you completely unique offensive weapon. Um, who's probably underrated as a thrower, but is so dangerous because of his dual threat. Right. If he is getting hurt and he's diminished in any way or can't play at all, how can you build a Super Bowl team with two thirds of a season of Lamar Jackson? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what two thirds you get and how likely he is to be healthy for the playoffs and performing in the playoffs. So, like, I think the tough thing about this is projecting that stuff as fact. I think it's going to be risky. And like, yeah, this is cool. a this is when a you risk. say that he is a big he is a bigger risk as a 26 year old quarterback who's performed this well than, say, if it was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, his Justin Herbert is contemporaries um, yeah. coming up for that deal. Yeah, I think that uh, you could look at. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, it, there's different. it's different for each of those players that you name, but you can't argue with the fact that he's missed a significant amount of time in the last two seasons. I'm not knocking it. I'm willing to say that whatever discount value you want to add to the to these players for injury sake that you can make it higher for Lamar Jackson than you could for these other players. Despite the fact that Joe Burrow has a, a serious injury yeah, history. Uh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes has had a number of injuries, one on a quarterback sneak that was unbelievable. And Josh Allen does not run very smart. <laughs> he runs a lot, but doesn't run very smart. And that um, uh, Joe, Her Joe Herbert and that Justin Herbert is, being looked after by the Chargers medical staff. That's all reasons to be concerned about all of them. And Lamar's and so, got the training staff in Baltimore too, which is the only one equally as bad. Yeah, it's fair. So um, I think that I'm willing to grant you that in whatever uh, projection model that you would create, that you could put in a bigger number for Lamar Jackson than those other guys, even though I'm not sure that it's fair or true. I'm willing to, to grant you that because if you count number of games, you're probably going with uh, Joe Burrow is missing more games, but anyway, it doesn't matter. His style of play combined with his size. And also I think the reason why I would grant you that is because his physical health is more important to his effectiveness than anyone else. So a, a MCL tear for Lamar Jackson completely changes your team. MCL tear for, um, I guess we could talk about Patrick Mahomes last year, um, limping around on an ankle. It does not completely change your team. You can still win the Super Bowl. So that's fine. Yes. So when you're doing that, you can factor all that in. But I don't think it's a big enough factor for me to be worth taking the risk because you can't do it in isolation. You have to look at the percentages of putting together a successful roster without him. And that seems like very difficult to do, to build a team 
around not having a quarterback. Name somebody who's done it. And also, like, to find a, another quarterback. It's, like, right. hard as to do. Well, there are – this is why I think there's some interesting game theory stuff for, with the Ravens because I think I'm less certain than you are that they don't want Lamar back. I think part of this is, like, go out and look around. Oh, I yeah. think you must have yeah. misunderstood. I don't okay. think that they don't want Lamar back. I, I think that they wouldn't have non-exclusively tagged him, I think – Unless one of two things, they didn't care if they had him back or they felt very confident that nobody was going to make an offer. So, yeah. Which one of those is more likely is the question. Right. And I think that the the game theory part from Lamar Jackson that I think is really interesting is something I heard our buddy Nate Tice talk about, which is his sales pitch, literally his, because he will be representing himself in this, is that in in a less remedial offense with real receivers... Um, like I played in it, like he, and now I'm Lamar, like he played in, in Louisville, he can be an even better version of what he was in 2019. And you, and I deserve this massive guaranteed contract and I can make you a ready-made contender. And that's really interesting as a sales pitch, but it also, in my opinion, if he's going to be the highest paid player in the NFL and the most guaranteed money ever in a certain way limits his suitors, because if you're big, terrible team. If you're the Houston Texans, if your roster is bereft of talent uh, and you have a bunch of first round picks, a big future, you can you limit yourself of the optionality of how you can slowly build a roster by going in that way? It makes it someone who has to think Lamar Jackson is the missing piece to winning a Super Bowl, which I think is, is a really interesting thing. I think he has a really compelling case of selling that because he is literally the best youngest quarterback to ever be on the market negotiating for himself. But I think it it definitely limits the suitors. Like when I saw this list, the list of teams we were talking about, and I thought the Jets, a team like that, San Francisco, they'd have to wait till after the draft, but trading a first and second in Trey Lance, uh, even Detroit, Miami, like these are in uh, Super Bowl contenders. So, yeah. so the Miami thing, they don't have a first round pick because of their same with San Francisco. They yeah. would both have to wait until to do this deal until after the draft. And then it could be the 24 and 25 draft. Right. So, yeah, it's exciting. The yeah. thing about Lamar is that's different than I think any of the other quarterbacks that we've named. Well, I guess probably not Josh Allen because his running ability is not as um, explosive as Lamar's, but it's just as effective as Lamar's is. He, you remember when Le'Veon Bell was trying to argue that he should get paid for a, being a running number one running back and a number two receiver? Yeah, it's a it's a stretch, but his numbers kind of suggested that maybe he was worth a lot more. Lamar Jackson is kind of worth uh, a number one running back, a number one quarterback, and a couple offensive linemen. Like he, you automatically have a running game when he shows up, like an effective running game, just by him walking in the door, you've already improved your running back. You've improved your offensive line run blocking. You've improved your offensive line pass blocking because everyone rushes against the Ravens differently because they're more afraid of Lamar running than anything else. So you improve all of that. Uh, You could argue one way or the other for your receivers, but you've immediately improved your tight end. So, like, arguing that the amount of money that you have guaranteed to Lamar is, like, limiting in some way is hard for me to wrap my head around. I understand that it might make you less flexible, but it doesn't necessarily make your team worse. It's limiting for a rebuilding team. 
because yeah. you don't get. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's ridiculous. You get a young, uh, you get a, you get a young superstar quarterback, but you're not paying him um, the rookie yeah. scale, which right. is the limiting factor. And that's like one of the things that I think is interesting about the teams that could be involved in this, whether it's Houston or Indianapolis or Detroit is I do wonder the calculus of the Ravens. If they're like, you know what? Some of these teams that need a quarterback are going to be in the top five. And like, can I get multiple first round picks for Lamar? And it's like, maybe the one thing that could be worth um, giving up on this guy before paying him is a rookie scale version of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson, if you believe in them that way. And I think that's an interesting game theory too. Cause like we've talked about, we talked about this, like the price for prospects is fascinating. Look at like the RG three trade, look at the other quarterback trades up. And those are for non-established quarterbacks. So like the concept of like, getting even more value, I guess, however they negotiated a sign and trade for someone like Lamar, those can be franchise altering moves. Like when we, when you look back on them. Yeah. And the one thing I was thinking about also is like, when you, the tough thing about signing Lamar is, and you've heard me make this point before is that once you pay your quarterback, it's now time for the GM and the front office to do their job. Yeah. Because you have to find value elsewhere, which means you have to draft really well mm-hmm. and also be effective in free agency, which doesn't mean hitting home runs as much as it means bringing in people to fill holes at the right price. And so it's tough to both sign a franchise quarterback to a long-term deal and then lose two years of first-round um, draft picks because those that's presumably where you right. can find like people who perform – yeah, who can perform at a Hall of Fame potential level or at least an all-pro level and be paid under market value, which is why the Jets are a team that should be – because they are due for some bad draft picks because they killed it recently. So they might want to go ahead and move these picks and sign Lamar Jackson if uh, if they're capable because that would be a Ross and – and then they have a quarterback and a team that – is pretty well uh, suited around him and elsewhere. That's like not unlike the Ravens roster wise, with the exception of they have a real number one receiver. I guess Bateman felt like he was number one receiver, but he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. So doesn't have the body for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a team that should be, I know they're in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, but they should also, if they're going to give up two first rounders for Aaron Rodgers, I, I kind of feel like it's, a better bet to go with uh, Lamar Jackson, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And there's, there's an interesting part of that is that, you know, uh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers is guaranteed $58.6 million this, this coming season. And the jets seem intent on giving up more, or at least as we reported on giving up more draft capital that the Packers eat some of that salary. So if the numbers are a factor there, that's interesting. Uh, to me, one of the, like the one that I keep coming back to is Atlanta. And stylistically seeing a running quarterback with Arthur Smith, like we, he made a pretty enticing offense with Ryan Tannehill being his running quarterback. Um, Seeing Lamar throw to Kyle Pitts, who we have all collectively been frustrated with because he ruined all of our fantasy football seasons, (laughs) but Lamar is great at throwing to tight ends. The reason I always say he's like somewhat of an underrated passer is because of how aggressive he can be in the middle of the field and effective at doing that. And I cannot think of a better situation than an Arthur Smith offense for him to do that. Yeah. 
If you just um, sub uh, Lamar in for Ryan Tannehill and look back at the way that that offense played, you'd be pretty impressed. Uh, and Lamar is a better passer than Ryan Tannehill too. Like, yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill's not that Lamar isn't going to be heavily dependent on play action, which like I think he probably is in part because he is play action snapping the ball to him. All right. It's all you're already play action. So it's every throw that he every play that he has, unless it's third and 13, you have to respect his ability to run. So him down there with Kyle Pitts, a more explosive version at tight end uh, and Drake London, who's a big wide body receiver, uh, big catch radius to address whatever accuracy issues Lamar might have, I think would be really attractive in a division that feels like it's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I like that option. I like um, I like Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> I like Detroit. It's a, a nice young roster that they're building around. Um, and we already talked about, um, I think Washington is a, a play. Well, I know they're out of it too, but it's another place where Eric Bieniemy uh, could really figure out some things with Lamar Jackson. I think they're interesting options. I, I think New England's interesting too. Like we we saw a couple weeks of successful Cam Newton with Belichick yeah. before he got COVID and everything fell apart over the next like year and a half. San Francisco, obviously, like if you put Lamar Jackson on them, pick him to win the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, that's crazy. How so? That's possible if they wait till after the draft. You think that's that's, that's possible? They have. I mean, I guess they would have to. The tough thing is, I don't know what their their salary cap looks like. I imagine you took a look at it. Do they have? what it takes to make this they could financially do it over over several years and and that that would be a really interesting one this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors i do you do we all do big small and when we keep them bottled up as i sometimes have had happen in the past it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The the next part that I want to talk about with you a tiny bit is, and this is something that I think you have a unique perspective on, just being a realist. Is this going to be an inflection point for future star quarterbacks of how they handle their business? Not with the agent, no agent thing, but mm-hmm. about forcing teams to offer fully guaranteed money for quarterbacks in this situation. The reason I say that is Lamar Jackson, everyone agrees is awesome. Really, really, really awesome. Um, I think everyone also agrees that he's slightly down a tier from Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. And that is fine. And I wonder, what I want to ask you is like, if those three guys in theory were in this position, one, do you think there could be a sort of wink-wink collusion about not paying them guaranteed money or will they be in line for guaranteed money? And the other part is guys in that six to 15 range, that elite quarterback who's not quite... Patrick Mahomes, first ballot Hall of Famer level. Are those guys going to use guaranteed money as a sticking point to have more agency and player movement early in their careers to negotiate where they want to be, when they want to be, how long they want to be there? I mean, the do I think that's going to be an inflection point? Probably yeah. not. But do those players have that power? Absolutely. I don't know that they'll exercise it. And I, I we don't have to have a fight over where Lamar Jackson ranks in among those people because never mind. I, I won't fall into that trap. The point of I wasn't trying to, I was just trying to give like the context that he is excellent, but I assume that if Patrick Mahomes asked for yeah, yeah Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is in a tier of his own. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them guys, I think are close enough to Lamar that they don't get their own tier. Um, okay. But so the, the reason why it doesn't ha- I don't see it happening is because they don't have the leverage or the time until they get to the end of a contract and then they'd have to actually sit out and quarterbacks aren't going to do that. It's just not something that's happened traditionally for top quarterbacks. And so why would, why would they have to sit out? Like, couldn't they just take play it to the end of the string? No, I mean, they have to sit out. They have to sit out on the um, franchise tag. Okay, I, I got it. I mean, I guess they could sign the franchise tag and then sign it the next year and then assume that they that the team won't be able to afford to sign them to the third franchise because that's never been done because it's cost prohibitive. But that's what I mean. They have to go to Kirk Cousins' route. Okay. Which I don't see very many um, quarterbacks doing that because if the GMs get smart and start offering – Guys that have solidified themselves, if you want an MVP in your second year, then we're going to offer you a contract in the third year. Then the player would then have to reject that big time guaranteed money that year, the following year, and then reject it again and play through the franchise tag for two more seasons. Like I just 
the time's not on their side. At some point, they're going to take that money. Yeah. And I guess my question on that is, if Lamar makes that the sort of protocol moving forward, right? wouldn't that be the inflection point if these guys are getting way more guaranteed money because we're terrified of someone doing what Lamar Jackson is doing and not playing? Oh, will they get more? Away with it? Yeah, yeah, will they get more guaranteed money? I mean, I think they get more guaranteed money every year because the contracts go up every year. They can continue to get more guaranteed money. Like if it's going to be, a- be fully guaranteed contracts for court- for top quarterbacks at some point. Nope. I mean, because the point I'm making is they would, unless the teams just don't want to mess around and just sign it, but they would have two more years under contract with the players that the player would have to reject a non-fully guaranteed contract. They would have to play through their fourth season, then play through their fifth year option, and then play through a franchise tag. Right. And then play through a franchise tag or or decide to sit out on the first franchise tag year, which is at this point, they would have been in the NFL for six years without signing an extension. And somebody standing next to him like, all right, I'm not going to give you 300 guaranteed, but I give you 170 guaranteed. Yeah, they're going to sign it. And so, so should, should Lamar have done that? If we're looking back on that, would it have been the more prudent decision? I mean, definitely would have been a decision I made a long time ago, but I, I, I don't know that I would have been in for for the fight that Lamar is seems clearly to be up for. So, I, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, you say one thirty, one forty, but I'm not as talented as Lamar, yeah. and I'm not as valuable to any organization that I've ever been a part of. I mean, no one is. There are very few people that are as valuable to their organization as Lamar Jackson is. So, if I had those experiences then maybe I would have a little bit more like resolve in the situation, but I haven't. And most players have it and most players won't have that resolve. And then again, they'll have the agent standing next to them. Like, "Eh, go ahead and sign that thing. I'm just realizing we need the quarterbacks to collude against the owners. (laughs) It's the only only way, (laughs) but they never will. Like they could, but they never, they never will. And I think, um, yeah, it's been interesting. And I'm certainly rooting for Lamar as it feels like most people seem to, be on Lamar's side because it seems like it's hard to make an argument for the other side. Although I see the logic in the Ravens position, but it's hard to, I think, make sense of it all. Yeah. I don't think anyone's like pro management. I think people are, well, maybe some people are not admitted, but like, I think the the more, the question is more like just the larger team building question as everyone's like a, their own fantasy football GM. of How would you, how would you build out this roster around Lamar Jackson? How would you get this done? That's a um, pro management. <laughs> yeah. Well, or just pro pro hypothetical situation. Pro yeah, trade machine. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I just see my, my own son who is a Ravens fan and, yeah. and named our cat Lamar is very concerned about Lamar Jackson leaving. And he's like, I thought they had him under contract. He's like upset. Like he's going to violate the contract. Like what? You're, you're 10. What do you know? And like, we're, we're a player's first household, buddy. Let's get it together. <laughs> We don't care about the contract or we don't care about the team. We care about Lamar getting his money. Like, no, he cares about his Ravens keeping Lamar and winning. Oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait for you to take Declan to a Wizards game. And he's going to be like, load management is fucking bullshit, dad. Get these guys out here. Back in my day, the stars played every day. Yeah, he's definitely, he's pro him. Is what yeah. it comes down to. It's like it's what oh, most fans are. Yeah, he doesn't care exactly. He doesn't care the way you keep Lamar Jackson. He doesn't care if he's happy about it. He's just like, don't take him off of my favorite team. That's all it comes down to. So yeah, we'll see how it works out. I, 
I don't know. Do you have any, what do you want? What do you like? I know what I want. I want him to, I want him to figure it out with the Ravens because I want my house to be happy. I mean, what do I want? I want him to be in Washington because I grew up here and have had one year of good quarterback playing. It was 2012. Uh, what outside of that, which I don't want for Lamar, because that's cruel to wish anyone to be a commander, is honestly, I want him to end up on San Francisco. I think that's the coolest oh outcome. God, that'd be so cool. It'd be beautiful. <laughs> it'd be, it would be beautiful football to watch. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Debo <laughs> Kittle? Debo. <laughs> I mean, you imagine what Kyle Shanahan, what type of things he was willing to do to get Lamar Jackson out there in the red and gold. Ugh. Also, we talked about how you had to defend five guys on that offense at all times. How about six? <laughs> Can I interest you in six? Oh, my gosh. I kind of want to see it happen just for a week when they yeah. win by 60 points with that defense, too. Right. They win by 60 points. Then we'll have to break it up. It'll be like the Warriors. The They added – it's like KD. There we go. That's what we're running with. We're running with the KD 73-win Warriors – or the Warriors 73-win Warriors adding KD is the same as uh, the 49ers adding Lamar Jackson. Let's make it happen. That's right. All right. I, I mean, I, I promise that if we had time, we could get to the other stuff. I feel like we don't have time. Right, we can we, – we'll talk Giants next week. I actually think there's, there's plenty on Saquon and Daniel Jones to unpack. All right. Fun times. NFL never stops. We didn't do any basketball. I had some basketball hot takes I want to run by you, but I'll save those for next week, too. All right, Charlie. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah, Abbott, Adi Khan, and, of course, Christina Buslow. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.